You are listening live to the latest edition of the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Online with our app, Tanner Hoops, with you Thursday afternoon. Glad to have you along, per usual. And it's Local 3 Thursdays with Jake Durant. What's up, Jake? Man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm, I'm look good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I've been hitting the gym lately. I got to my breaking point. Um, I'm sure people out there can relate. Um, I'm one of those people that go in these cycles where, you know, I, I won't be in the gym and I won't be really caring what I'm eating for mm-hmm. <laughs> for a long period of time. And then I, I reach kind of my breaking point and then I go back to, you know, I'm 100% committed to like healthy eating and, and going back to the gym. So I've been, I've been in, the, in and out of the gym the last two weeks. I'm, you know, obviously far from where I want to be, but I'm feeling great. So, yeah, I'm feeling good. Normally, you know, my my mood kind of directly correlates with the weather, and I know we're not having great weather, and I always bring up the weather when I I come on here early on, but, um, you know, it's amazing what a good workout can do for you. I actually just came from the gym to the studio, so I'm feeling good, man. We got a lot of sports, obviously Iron Mountain football playing tomorrow night at the Superior Dome in Marquette. I'll be there. I'm going to go live uh, at the 6 o'clock show. So if, if you're at home, tune in for that. I'll get you ready for the game. And obviously, we got the eight-player finals coming up Saturday. Huge week in NFL. Green Bay's back. It feels like I haven't watched football. and It's only been two weeks. So I spent <laughs> last Sunday. So when the, when the Green Bay Packers go on a bye week, I, I consider it my bye week. And normally, you and I will watch some of the games. We've been mm-hmm. doing that a lot or, or things like that. But I'll dedicate my Sunday. But uh, this Sunday, we were on the bye week. I spent time with the lady. You know, we got a lot of stuff done. Poor you. No, it was, it was a good time. I didn't say that negatively. So, you know, we had I had a good Sunday. Um, we got a lot of stuff done, man. So I'm feeling pretty good. Excited for this weekend. Excited. It's just a big big time in sports right now. It took you 70 seconds to get into the show and plug Local 3. So congratulations. That's a new record. Hey, man, I love coming on the show. Obviously, I, <laughs> I appreciate you inviting me on. But why am I really here? Come on, let's be honest. Yo, you look good. You feel good. You got the haircut, the collared shirt. I feel better, not quite good. Yeah, man. I've been fighting the cold. I don't have the fever anymore. I don't have the aches and the chills anymore. My voice isn't back completely yet. I know that you figured that out before. Mm-hmm. I told you so. We're going to get through it. You know, I'm on the mend. I'm not going to infect you, Jake. I'm not contagious anymore, <laughs> but uh, just waiting for my voice to bounce back. But we're going to get through the show because, like you mentioned, there's way too much to go through to have a sick day we've got the nfl we've got an update on the mvp race we had some breaking news a couple hours ago regarding the brown steelers brawl mason rudolph miles garrett marquise pouncey the nba has a ratings problem ben simmons finally is able to check something off his bucket list and we have postseason honors for major league baseball here at espn let's start with the nfl though because we kick off week 12 tonight with an AFC South matchup. I talked with Michael Hofling yesterday about this. Does it seem like Thursday night games are tailored for South Division teams, whether it be AFC or NFC? It seems like we always get either an AFC South matchup or an NFC South matchup. Um, you know, I haven't really, I didn't really notice it. It seems but, like they're predicated it seem, to it. Yeah. It does seem like that. Maybe, maybe they do focus on certain divisions for these Thursday night games a little bit more. But um, I'm, I'm wondering why they would focus on on the southern region mm-hmm. for these games. But um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I didn't really see, really notice it. But a good one tonight. Yeah, we've got a fun one tonight. We've got Indy at Houston. Houston coming off kind of a black eye. They got punched in the face by Baltimore, a game that was overly hyped. Lamar Jackson lived up to it. Deshaun Watson did not. You have Indy that's had some questionable games lately, some games that they probably shouldn't have been in, but they were, or they shouldn't have let the other team be in, and they shouldn't have been in. So here's what we have going for us tonight. We've got 
Well, so far, kind of split. I guess three of us are going to pick Houston. One of us is picking Indy. Jake, let's say you. You know, you, you mentioned Houston getting punched in the mouth a little bit by by the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson because going into that game, it was kind of tailored as the future. You know, we had two up-and-coming quarterbacks that have, you know, really shined since entering the league, and, and it was a disappointing game to say the least. Uh, obviously, Houston getting blown out in that one. Because they got blown out and they're going back home, I think they ha- they're motivated to kind of reinsert, you know, and show people that, we're a really good team still. I got to go with Houston. Okay. Like you said, uh, Indianapolis a little inconsistent. Uh, injuries have kind of plagued them a little bit too. So I'm going to go Houston at home tonight. Ryan Stieg is the only outlier. He's the only one that will reap the benefits if the Colts find a way to win this evening. We have got the early game here in ESPN-UP Sunday afternoon. Carolina on the road taking on New Orleans. So far we're all unanimous. Are you going to make it 5 for 5 picking the Saints or are you going to be the outlier here? Listen, I I love Christian McCaffrey and and you know I I like that Carolina team, but I just feel like Kyle Allen kind of has come down to earth a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's kind of turned the ball over. Carolina hasn't really looked as good as they did uh, early on in the season. It's hard to go against the Saints. I mean, especially at home. I got to go with the Saints. I got to yep. go Drew Brees. I got to go Mike Thomas. I got to go with that crew. We are unanimous picking New Orleans. That game can be heard here in ESPN UP. Pre-game coverage beginning at noon on Sunday. How about the late game on ESPN-UP? We've got another AFC South battle, Jacksonville at Tennessee. This game actually was on Thursday Night Football back in Week 3. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew balled out in that game, by the way. Yeah, um, I don't expect we see Gardner Minshew balling <laughs> out in this one. Um, I don't know, man. I haven't really like looked into Jacksonville lately. I know Tennessee, they've looked decent with Ryan Tannehill. Can I trust Ryan Tannehill? I really can't, but I'm going to go Tennessee. Okay. I just, I'm just i going to take the home field. Uh, t- as long as Tannehill can just game manage and not mess things up, I think they'll be fine. We have got three votes for Tennessee and two for Jacksonville. So John Michael Hoefling and Ryan Stieg. Oh, me as well. We're all going <laughs> with, uh, with Jacksonville in this one. How about Sunday night football? What could be the game of the year? It's being billed that way so far, and we're split two to two. I have a feeling which way you're going to go with the tiebreaker. No. But Green Bay at San Francisco, the flex game on Sunday night flex football. Flex game, man. This is the game that I kind of had circled when the, the Green Bay Packers schedule came out. Um, you know, I kind of predicted the Packers would be where they are right now with only a couple losses up to this point. And I said, you know, this is going to be a huge game, obviously going to the West Coast. Green Bay, they didn't play well against the L.A. Chargers when they went out there, and I think they're going to be motivated to, to go out there and show people that they're one of the better teams in the NFC. Obviously, this is going to go a long way. A lot of implications, you know, home field advantage is on the line um, here. So this one's tough, man, because I know San Francisco, their strengths are definitely – the Packers' weaknesses, you know, they can run the ball. They have a really good pass rush and things like that. I got to go Green Bay, though, man. I'm going with my heart. Um, I, I do think coming off the bye, they're going to be ready. Like I said, they're going to be motivated to show that they can travel across the country and and play with a team like San Francisco. And this is a statement game, you know. I know Green Bay; they've been talked about as as champion or Super Bowl. You know, they're a Super Bowl team. They could definitely make it, but I I, I don't feel like they're talked about enough. And I think this is kind of a game where they're going to assert their dominance and say this is this is one we want. And when that team's motivated and everyone's on the same page, they're going to be hard to stop. It's going to be an epic game. 
I think the Packers win a close one. This is one of those things. It's like, oh, I'm going to say the Packers are going to win a close <laughs> one or they're going to get blown out. But that's how I do feel. I do feel like the Packers, if, if the Packers can go and, and get up early on them and make this a game, I think that's going to be great. And they, they got to get to Jimmy G. They got to, mm-hmm. they got to stop that run game. And I think San Francisco's dealing with a lot of injuries. I don't know. I think I read their injury they report are. yesterday. They are, they are hurting yep. in a lot of key areas. Um, so that we, you know, we, Green Bay has a lot. <laughs> Green Bay has a lot going for them. Um, so I'm gonna go Green Bay in a close one. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. If they still had Robbie Gold last week, they'd still be undefeated. They still would be undefeated. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah as injury riddled as they are, that's the reason you're gonna pick San Fran because I did have Green Bay marked down. I think before you took your first breath. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do get a lot of. I get a lot of. You know people talking about how biased i am and that yeah, might be a little it. bit i, I might, respect it. hey you know you, you got skip bayless on you yeah. know talking you got uh, will, Kane. will Kane's a cowboy i'm not i'm not afraid of who, I, who I root for. i'm passionate i respect it i don't have a dog in the fight between green bay and san fran i'm just hoping it's one of those that comes down to the last kick you know it's like a 27 24 game winning field goal as time expires just as a fan of football i hope we get one of those thrillers i i hope so too i don't know if my heart can take it i'm <laughs> definitely going to be you know stressed so we'll see how about the monday night football game this is kind of a unique one because you don't think about the ravens and the rams matching up all that often yeah i mean obviously the ravens they're the hot team right now they just got everything going for them the rams they were this what the ravens are last year you know they were that hot team coming in um offense was clicking and things like that the Rams just aren't they just don't have that juice to me this year. No. I don't know what it is about them. Even just watching them, I'm mm-hmm. just like I'm just not impressed. Obviously you got Lamar Jackson. I do think Le- Lamar's due for a game where he doesn't do so well. Mm-hmm. I just hope it's not going to be this week cuz I'm going to go Baltimore. All right. We've got four of the five of us picking Baltimore. John Michael Hoefling, the only outlier. He's got the Rams winning on their home field. So that is pick him as we play every week here in the sports pen. Let me update the standings while we have a moment, though, and give you an idea of where we are going into week 12. I'm 36 and 19. Ryan Stieg, one game back, 35 and 20. Jake, you're two back at 34 and 21. And then the ABC 10 guys, 31 and 24. So we've got a new week of the NFL kicking off tonight. I love it. I'm here for it. Hopefully, no brawls, no fights, anything like that on Thursday Night Football. We had uh, breaking news a couple of hours ago that Marquise Pouncey's suspension has been reduced from three games to two. There so far has been no uh, further discipline against Mason Rudolph. Miles Garrett's suspension was upheld. He will miss the remainder of this season and possibly some of next season. I'll have to meet with the commissioner again. But the breaking news came from what Garrett told the commissioner during his appeal he said that a motive for swinging the helmet at Mason Rudolph was that during the scrum, Rudolph called him a racial slur. I don't know what to think of this story, Jake, and I, I am trying to get perspective on it. It just came out a couple of hours ago. I don't know that really anyone knows more mm-hmm. than that. It, doesn't it make Miles Garrett look worse if that's the case? Because, you know, you get it. If you are just caught up in the heat of the moment. You're seeing red. You black out, and you hit a guy over the head with a helmet. I mean, yeah, that doesn't absolve you. I get it. I mean, you, you still have to get punished for it, but if it really was just a blind rage, I think some people could kind of relate to that. Not condone it, but maybe can relate to it. Mm-hmm. If he did something to make you want to crack him over the head with a helmet, by saying that he gave you a motive, 
isn't that saying that you made a choice to swing a helmet at him? Exactly. Um, I just want to start this by saying that I, I do feel like they got it right. Obviously, I feel like what Miles Garrett did, I actually turned the game off right before it happened mm. because I thought the game was over. And then I go on Twitter and it was blowing up. But I, So I didn't see it live, but I obviously saw video and video over and over again. And, you know, Miles Garrett deserved it. There's no room for that. Even if Rudolph did say something racially towards him, obviously, you know, that's not right. Mm-hmm. I'd find it hard to believe that Mason Rudolph would do something like well, that. Well, especially with Pouncey right there. Exactly. Ramon Foster was right there. Because the word I'm thinking of, you know, you have people on your team that aren't going to be okay with you right. saying it. So why would you be yelling that to him when you got teammates who who are, you know, of a different race right next to you. It just doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. You wonder if, if Miles Garrett was just in there trying to make an excuse to try to, you know, obviously ease the, the ban on him. I, I don't really know. Could he have said it? Yes, he could have. I find it hard to believe that Mason Rudolph would be out there saying racially, you know, that's that's what one thing you don't want to be known for. Remember mm-hmm. Riley Cooper yep. back in the day, his teammates turned on him for getting involved with racial stuff like that. So, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff said on the field. You know, it, it's war out there. You know, you're trying to steal another man's will, ha- or and that's what they say anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there is stuff being said. Sometimes people cross the line and things like that. But I feel like the racial stuff is is a little sensitive, and and I just don't know if if Mason Rudolph would would say something like that. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make any sense. So I I do think it, it does make Miles Garrett look bad because, like you said, it kind of made him it made it look like he was thinking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, he he. He heard it, and then he was like, how can I get back at this this guy? I, I thought Mason Rudolph was in the wrong because it looked like he was grabbing at, at yeah, Miles he's not Garrett. Innocent. You know what I mean? I was surprised he didn't get he didn't get uh, suspended because mm-hmm. he was grabbing at his helmet before he stood up, and that's when and that's the reason why I felt like Miles Garrett was was reacting the way he did because, you know, you see him grab the back of Miles Garrett's helmet and his head twists a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then anytime time you're talking about messing with grabbing my head and twisting my neck, you know, that's very personal because you could seriously, seriously injure me. You could kill me doing that. Um, so that's kind of why I thought Miles Garrett saw red. And I kind of felt for him because at the same, if I was playing and some guy was grabbing my helmet and twisting my neck, mm-hmm. I mean, you're trying to, you know, you could potentially kill me there. Right. So, you know, without even knowing you're doing it. So I kind of understood. But for him to go and, and, and say that, and, and I don't know if it's true. Obviously, I, I do think it, it kind of looks bad for Miles Garrett. And I think that's ultimately why. They held up the suspension, and he's still going to be out the remainder of the season. Obviously, no one wins here. It was a bad situation. Um, are we going to ever figure out if Mason Rudolph did this? Obviously, his attorney's denying it, 100% denying it. Mm-hmm. And my first reaction, my gut reaction was, I don't think Mason Rudolph would do something like that. Um, it's he say, she say, or he say, whatever. Take my word for it, and I feel like they got it right. I didn't think P- Pouncey even deserved two games. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I thought know, one would be. You fun. know, I was one of those guys that said he came in, he saw his quarterback get knocked over the head, mm-hmm. and he protected his quarterback. That was a reaction, you know, that I would I would have done myself. So, um, you know, they obviously saw like maybe the three games was a little too harsh, dropped it down to two. So that was that was correct. But overall, it was just a, it was just a bad situation. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. Let's take our first time out. When we come back, we'll update the NFL MVP conversation next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN. UP app. The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner and Jake with you. Glad you're along this Thursday afternoon. Well, the NFL MVP race continues to be an evolving form. 
Jake, I just want to come out and ask it. Who's your pick to be the NFL MVP right now? Let me be very blunt today yeah. because I don't have much of a voice. I mean, for me right now, I, I feel like it's Lamar Jackson. I do too. Uh, from the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, he's just doing things. Obviously, he kind of came out of nowhere. You knew he was going to make – you're always wondering if the, a young quarterback's going to make a jump. Mm-hmm. And, and I was always under the impression that this year he was going to make a jump. I didn't see it being, being like this because it was funny – Going back to fantasy football and our draft earlier in the in the off season, I picked Lamar Jackson relatively early, and I was made fun of because we had we had like a party. All of our all of the participants were were uh, eating food and stuff, and and people were making fun of me for picking him so soon. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking pretty good. Um, I didn't pick him like crazy soon, but like a little early for a quarterback. And I because I knew he was gonna have a good year because of just the dual threat, the way that um, John Harbaugh kind of was working the team around him and, and making it so, um, you know, things were working for his style of play. And, and um, you know, they beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, big games against Houston. Lamar's the reason they're winning, yeah. and he's not losing the game. He's just doing things that you don't really see since, since Mike Vick. Mm-hmm. Being able to run, you know, it's, he's not just running, though. He's passing the ball. Mm-hmm. He's getting everyone involved. He's raising the play of people, his his people around him, and people are believing. And that's why I feel like if it's not the Patriots, it's going to be the Ravens coming out of the AFC. So for me, just because of the way he kind of r- raises the people around him, his teammates, the things he's been doing, and just the consistency. Like I said just earlier on, he's due for a bad game. You would think, mm-hmm. but maybe not. Who knows? Maybe. The end of, maybe the his opponents and the rest of the league just haven't found out how to stop him yet. So, um, just because of the pressure he puts on defenses, the way he's played, you know his numbers are right there with everybody. Obviously, Baltimore's having a great year right now. It's it's Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. I I, I see it. I think and he's I a close second. But I look at the Seahawks and it's like they haven't really beat anybody that good. They've they've won what eight games. One of those games was against a team with a winning record, and that was the Niners. Mm-hmm. The two games they lost at home were against teams with winning records. So, like, obviously Russell Wilson's been playing good, but is the competition really that great? Mm. So, right now it's Lamar Jackson. He has more good wins than Russell Wilson in my eyes, and Russell Wilson has has worse losses than, than Lamar Jackson. So, um, I would not be be sad if Lamar Jackson took home the trophy. Those two have got to be out in front right now. And you mentioned that the Ravens could be the team that comes out of the AFC, not the Patriots. Who would have thought three months ago, almost to the day when Andrew Luck retired, we were all thinking, if not the Patriots, the Colts, the Chiefs, maybe the Chargers. Right now, none of those three teams look like they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. If there is any team that could outs the Patriots this year, it would be Baltimore, one would think. And that's why you got to give John Harbaugh so much credit. Three weeks ago, if you would have asked me, I would have said Coach of the Year. I think I did this at the midway point. Coach of the Year is Frank Reich for the job that he's done writing the ship in Indianapolis. But you look at what John Harbaugh did this offseason, and the front office has got to get credit for it as well. They play to their quarterback's strengths. They play to his skill set, and they stick him in an offense that's going to benefit him. They load up on tight ends. They don't invest as, invest as much into wide receivers because they don't need to. They get a really good running back, an underrated rusher, and they put this quarterback in a position to succeed because of the skill uh, skill set that he showed in college rather than trying to get him to conform to your offense, which just doesn't happen enough in the NFL, and it blows my mind that it doesn't. Right, and and you got to give John Harbaugh credit for being able to kind of swallow, you know, his ego and you know the way he kind of does things. You know, they're always going to have a good defense under John Harbaugh. Baltimore has historically always had great defenses. 
and players who are really good defensive players want to play for a team like Baltimore. Mm-hmm. That's why Earl Thomas is there. The thing about the offense is you you can almost picture the the whole offensive staff or the coaching staff in the offseason sitting down and saying, we have Lamar Jackson at quarterback. What can we do? Who can we bring in to go around him and, and make this thing work? And they did a great job bringing in uh, Mark Ingram, mm-hmm. bringing in, you know, obviously having those solid tight ends, bringing in tight ends that are safety valves for when things kind of get a little hectic. And they, and they don't they don't tell him not to run. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. He runs. He's got to learn to, to slides to, to make sure he doesn't get hurt. But he's just doing a really good job keeping defensive defenses honest. If you're a defensive coordinator going up against Baltimore, it's kind of like, what what am I going to do here? Right. And I think they're the scariest team in the whole NFL when talking it from a Green Bay fan's ex- um, experience, just like if, if Green Bay was to make the Super Bowl, who do I not want to see mm-hmm. across the field? And that's Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens because on any given night, Lamar Jackson can just beat you by himself. And, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's either John Harbaugh right now, Kyle Shanahan's another guy He's got a shot, where yeah. you know he should be coach of the year. Those two guys, you know, they're young, they're innovative, similar to like Andy Reid. Andy mm-hmm. Reid throughout his whole career, he's known as one of the best head coaches to ever coach. And it's because he's always been willing to – Switch it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not be stuck in his old ways. Mike McCarthy for Green Bay didn't never wanted to stop do, stop doing what he was doing. He always kept trying to force like this is the way it works. This is how we're going to have it be, and you know we're going to make this work. And that's why he doesn't have a job right now. Mm-hmm. So you got to give John Harbaugh credit know, for knowing what he has, and obviously just putting the right pieces around him, and, and it's just working right now with that defense. The defense can play freely because they know they got a guy like Lamar Jackson who can really move the ball and things like that. You know, they can take chances. So they just got it rolling, and, and it's fun to watch. I want to highlight what you just said because that was an excellent point that hasn't been brought up on this show yet, that really if there's any coach who's shown that he can evolve his team, he can change his offense to benefit who he has at quarterback, it's been Andy Reid throughout the course of his career. He doesn't have the same offense year in and year out. He has an offense dependent on his quarterback. John Harbaugh has taken a page out of that playbook. Imagine how much more successful the Packers would have been these last few years if Mike McCarthy did that with Aaron Rodgers. Exactly, but you're seeing it with, with Matt LaFleur, a guy who comes from the Sean McVay tree. Same thing with Kyle Shanahan. You know, they they have their offense, but they're not afraid to switch it up for who you have. We talked about the Green Bay Packers and the relationship between Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers early on in the season. Were they going to get along and things like that? And I feel like the relationship is working because Matt LaFleur knows what he's got. Mm -hmm. He's not stupid. He knows he has an all-pro quarterback, and he knows uh, that on any given play, Aaron's going to do whatever it takes and make that right. He trusts him to make the right decision. So he's like, yeah, we we got the offense, but we got Aaron out there calling plays. If he sees something different, that's fine. I trust him. Um, Matt LaFleur came in and brought some juice to that offense. Different sets, different formations, sets, plays that set up plays later on in the game. These are all things that Mike McCarthy wasn't doing. Defenses would come in and be like, we know what the Packers are going to do. If we can stop this, they're not going to be able to get anything done. Now you go against a, a Packers team where you know you don't really know where the ball's going. you got a running back that's, that's excelling. He's coming out of the backfield catching passes. And it's putting a lot of pressure on defenses. So, you know, that that's a good example. Green Bay coming in. Mike McCarthy out, LaFleur coming in. LaFleur reevaluating his talent and then working with Aaron Rodgers and trying to, you know, use the talent to the best of its ability. So let me ask you a question that if I asked you a month ago, it would have sounded crazy. Because in week three, when the Chiefs matched up with the Ravens and the Chiefs won 33-28, 
we got to look at Pat Mahomes against Lamar Jackson. Now, if Lamar wins the MVP this year, right now we agree he's the front runner. He leads the Pro Bowl voting right mm-hmm. now for what that's worth. Then we could have those two as the last two MVPs, Pat Mahomes last year and potentially Lamar Jackson this year. If you had your choice, who would be your franchise quarterback going forward? Is there a debate between I mean, those two? I mean, you could you could definitely. It, it depends how you want to run your offense. I mean, for me, I think I would probably go with Pat Mahomes just because um, prior to him getting injured, he was just doing crazy stuff. You know, a lot of that noise around Pat Mahomes has kind of calmed down just because he was injured and out for a while, and and obviously that team hasn't lived up to expectations. They they still have a winning record and they're mm-hmm. still doing great, but. You know they've they've struggled a little bit just with injuries and things like that. Well, and that defense. Yeah, and yeah, the big elephant <laughs> in the room. The defense isn't really good, but um, for me, it's Pat Mahomes. But I feel like Lamar Jackson's right there. You can mm-hmm. make a case if if someone wanted to pick Lamar Jackson, I wouldn't I wouldn't look at him crazy. You know what I mean? It's just how do you how do you want your quarterback to be? Do you want a Pat Mahomes who's more of a pocket passer and things like you know drops back and get the ball out and things like that or do you want Lamar Jackson who can do some of those things but his the danger he brings is with his legs he can run and things like that I'm gonna go Pat Mahomes just because Lamar Jackson you know there's still that injury factor right you know him running the ball so much he's gonna get hit and there's a potential injury prone there and that's what worries me about Lamar Jackson is because yeah he's talented and he's got all the pieces that you want but he's got a skill set. He's successful because of a skill set that doesn't age well. And people saw what Cam Newton was doing back in his 20s, and they're like, oh, this is maybe a potential Hall of Famer. And now that he's over 30, he's not able to physically do what made him successful before. His body can't take the beating. I wonder at what point does Lamar Jackson get to that uh, get to that Cam Newton stage? And you wonder, is this the guy that you want? For, or you even can get beyond 30 years old. Right. I mean... Obviously, if Lamar wants to have a longer career, at some point he's going to have to, you know, settle down and and kind of stay in the pocket and be more of a pocket passer. I feel like he can become that. I don't think Cam Newton necessarily ever could become that, just because he he had accuracy issues. You know, he can be bad with his technique here and there. You saw ball sailing a lot for Cam Newton and things like that. So when he kind of slowed down and he couldn't run as much anymore he was off and Mm -hmm. you know people all all they had to do was make sure he didn't get outside the pocket and and cam wasn't able to consistently you know find his receivers and be accurate with the football i think lamar jackson has a little bit more of a better accuracy to him and things like that um but i i'm with you if he wants to have a longer career down the line at some point you know he's going to always have to be working on on accuracy and and just learning the offense and being able to kind of pick people apart from the from the pocket and I should point this out, that if Lamar Jackson, you know, we still have a few weeks to go, if Lamar Jackson does win MVP this year, it'll be no coincidence that the last two MVPs were coached by guys who adjust offenses to their quarterback, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, you always got to kind of be proactive with it. You want to stay ahead of the curve. You always want to, you know, be on that, that trend of the, the next best, best thing. Obviously, Sean McVay came in, and it was all this high-powered sweeping motion, you know, play action and things like that. Um, you know, coaches that aren't afraid to pass a majority of the time. And, and um, I agree, man. You can't kind of be stuck in your old ways. Every, you know, everything's always evolving. And at some point, coaches are going to figure out how to stop what you're running and then you got to kind of be on to the next best thing and kind of switch it up again and try to stay ahead of that curve. I think you got to kind of be proactive with it. you got to be innovative. you always got to be thinking outside the box. And that, that 
you know, you always got to be ahead of the defenses. Last thing before we hit the break, let me give you Vegas's top five in the MVP race. You have far and away Lamar and then Russ, one and two. You've got Aaron Rodgers at three. He's got a narrow lead over Pat Mahomes at four. At number five, Dak Prescott, who just became the passing yards leader in the NFL, bumps Christian McCaffrey. Do you like that? Yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he's having a great year, obviously. He, he's been a little bit less of a, a problem these last few games. Um, I, I don't mind Dak. I'm not a really big fan of the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're throwing 450 yards a game, and you're not being the reason why you're losing. That defense hasn't been playing up to its potential. I, I do like that. Obviously, the MVP, it's kind of like a quarterback award. Yeah. Um, so it's tough if you're, you know, Mike Thomas from New Orleans, who I think has been balling, yeah. balling out. He deserves some praise a little bit, or a Christian McCaffrey. You know, it's going to be hard to knock off those quarterbacks. Um, it's interesting that they have Aaron Rodgers at number three, though. I figured he'd be a little bit lower. I, mm. I, you know, they have a lot of big games ahead of him. If Aaron can pull it together, who knows, man? He could be right there at the end as well. Um, I think it's going to come down to to Lamar Jackson and um, Russ Russ Wilson. Um, I think it'll come down to those two. Um, I, I don't mind Dak being up there. You know, obviously it's it's dominated by quarterbacks. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take another time out. When we come back, is the NBA's biggest problem load management? The hint is that it's not. That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Here's your Sports Center update. Last night, Toronto Maple Leafs head coach Mike Babcock was fired. Sheldon Keith has been named his replacement. Former NFL kicker Fred Cox, the inventor of the Nerf football, passed away at the age of 80. I feel like part of my childhood died. That that actually just hurt me a little bit. Doesn't it? The guy who invented the Nerf football brought us all kinds of children, I'm sure, a lot of joy growing up. Mm -hmm. Freddie the Foot, former NFL kicker, he's the Vikings' all-time leading scorer with like 1,300 career points. Chris Carter's next with like 670, so he's already doubled Chris Carter. Oh, it's not Gary Anderson? It is not Gary Anderson. Wow. At least I don't the, think the one bar helmet. I don't think that he did that in a Vikings uniform. Okay, he got I, the majority of those points. I, why do I always just think of Gary Anderson with the Vikings? I don't know. <laughs> Freddie the Foot passes Freddie away Foot. at the age of eighty. And finally, a study done by Purdue University found that it takes three hundred sixty-four licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Now it should be noted, there's going to be an asterisk next to this, that they did not use a human tongue to conduct this experiment, which to me makes it just seem like why would you do it I anyway? Know. They do? Instead, they used what they call a licking machine i did not have enough desire to google image that <laughs> probably a good idea why did it take so long for somebody to do this test 364 licks according to the lick machine yeah you don't really know like how much pressure the lick machine's putting on right. the sucker how do you um, mimic saliva exactly isn't that what gets you to the center exactly if you're gonna do it sit down and do it come on, come on purdue come on purdue this is why you're like six and seven perennially every <laughs> year why you're gonna be playing in the I don't know, Redbox Red, Red or Redbox Bowl, <laughs> Red something Box. like that. Is Redbox still a thing? The Redbox Bowl happened this past year, and I know Sparty played in it, and it was just an awful game with Oregon. I don't know if Redbox is still a thing. Come to think of it, I haven't seen one in a while, but I know the bowl game's still around. Yeah, I mean, I Redbox was like a hot thing for like a couple of months. Mm-hmm. I, I know I used Redbox a couple times, but 
Then I just started streaming things. And now everybody's got Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Have you it. jumped on that bandwagon yet? I, I did jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> I did. I, I watched a couple movies, actually. I watched the Johnny Tsunami movie. All, all right. my old heads out there who know know all about Johnny Tsunami. He was a, a surfer turned snowboarder. Mm-hmm. Very great movie. I checked that out. I watched the new Lady and the Tramp movie. Mm. Um, I was a huge fan of the old Lady and the Tramp, and I thought Lady and the Tramp 2 was actually really good growing up. The new one is like an animated sort of like real-time thing it was all right yeah um but you know just checking in i watched the even stevens movie there you Shout go. Even stevens movie that was a good movie uh, so i've been on treasure. it yeah i've been on it a little bit a little bit all right uh miracle maybe my favorite movie of all time that's a disney movie it is. that's a good movie and it's on the app yep uh, uh, remember the app. titans yep is on that's there. on there too yep i tell you what disney plus is great so are sports and with <laughs> if there's anything that might be hurting the NBA, as far as ratings, is it load management? No. Is it Disney Plus? Indirectly, maybe. Yeah. Maybe indirectly. The biggest problem for the NBA right now is where their best players are located. It's the West Coast. It is being heavy on the West Coast. Because last night we had one of the best games of the NBA season, one of the best that we can remember in a long time go down in L.A. between the Clippers and the Celtics. Now, I was sick. But Celtics are my team, and I was up late watching that one anyway because I had to. They were beating the Clippers on the road. I'm thinking, man, if this is a finals preview, we get seven games of this in June. I'm here for that. They blow a 10-point fourth-quarter lead. Jason Tatum forces overtime with a late three. Celts lose in overtime. And I'm thinking, man, this is great. This is a heck of a game. Oh, boy, it's almost 1 a.m. You know, and that that's the thing. And the NBA's ratings are drastically down since last year because the influx of talent out on the West Coast. LeBron James is on the West Coast. The Clippers may be the best team in basketball. They got their dynamic duo together for the first time last night between Kawhi and Paul George. They're on the West Coast. Everybody, everybody wants to see is out on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, there is a small group of superstar players that everyone knows their name. They want to watch him play. LeBron, obviously one of them. I would say Kawhi Leonard's in that group mm-hmm. and things like that. You look at the big the big names out in the East. Obviously you got Giannis Antetokounmpo. He plays in Milwaukee. Right. You know, no one's really trying to watch a Milwaukee Bucks game. I'm sorry. They're not a rating. Kevin Durant's player. on the East Coast now, but he's injured the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving. He's he's been in and out of the lineup. You mentioned the Boston Celtics, the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. Do they really have someone where you, they're like, I, I really want to tune in and watch this person Kemba play? can't miss TV, right? Yeah, it, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. So um, you're right. There's a there's a definitely an imbalance of star power on both the West and, and East Coast. And I would say the demographic, more people who watch the NBA are on the East Coast. That's why, you know, the NBA and most sports league tailor to East Coast, you know, t- the time zone. So that's probably a big issue, obviously. You know, a lot of people don't want to stay up on a Wednesday night till mm-hmm. 1 a.m. when they have to work early in the morning. I think that's a big issue. Why? For me, and this is something that like, I started doing, I would rather log into, you know, go on YouTube when I get home at midnight and watch a 12 minute video that's been cut down, no commercials, just every, you watch every single play. It's like you're watching the full game. You know, House of Highlights does it. Um, there's a lot of YouTube channels that, you know, they have every single game. I can sit down for 10, 12 minutes, watch these highlights, and it's like I watch the whole game, and I don't have to sit around for, you know, three-plus hours. Um, I feel like a lot of younger people are doing that way. You know, you got kids probably jumping on Fortnite around the time the games are playing, 
And then towards the end of the night, they, they can just be like, oh, I wonder how they did. Go jump on YouTube, watch a 12-minute video, and you know what, what's going on. I do feel like, you know, a lot of people are going toward to the Internet more than cable television. You know, I work in cable television. I know, you know, we're, our number one emphasis is we need to get people on our app. You know, we need to we need to stream our six and eleven newscasts. We need to get we need to drive people there. We're driving people to the, our website because more people are online. We get more interaction, obviously, in our Facebook comments than people who are watching the show and then emailing us after giving their opinions. It's just the way the world's working. So, you know, there's a lot of issues. Eighty-two games in a season. Yep. I said this year. I never usually got into basketball until around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. This year's a little bit different just because there's been so much movement, and, and obviously I, I watch sports for a living, so it's a little bit different. But a lot of people don't care about these early games. No. It doesn't really matter. We have 82 games. You know, why, why, who cares? So it's the same thing. It's like me watching baseball. I don't care. I, I mean, I can't. Okay. Don't, don't, well, I you, know what you, you mean. Know, obviously, I'm watching and keeping up with teams, but really, I, I honestly don't care what happens until the postseason baseball mm-hmm. just because there's so many games. That's just how I feel there. You know, there's a, there's a lot of factors. Well, and that's, that's what the NBA is trying to avoid. They don't want to become baseball where people only care once it's October and once the playoffs start, and that's why they're so hard on load management, why they're harping on teams about that. But here's the thing. That last night's game started at 10.30 here on the East Coast. So that would have been 7.30 out in L.A. You're basically cutting off half of your, def- your demographic. Because, yeah, people on the West Coast, yeah, they can stay up and go to bed at a reasonable time watching the whole game. But people on the East Coast can't. You know, it was about 1 a.m. by the time that that game got done. And people on the East Coast are ready to go to bed. And if they don't have a dog in the fight, then maybe they just don't care. And they're just going to say that I'm ready to go to bed. You know, I'll check how it happened how it worked out in the morning i'll watch youtube i'll see the highlights what have you you're cutting off half of your demographic by starting these games so late that people aren't paying attention they're not tuning in Mm -hmm. frankly like you said because they don't have to if it was a playoff game they'd probably sacrifice some sleep and stay up for it because yeah every game matters in the postseason but 82 during the regular season basketball whether they like it or not is trending more toward where baseball is in the sense that people don't care what happens in the regular season. All they care about is what happens in the playoffs because those games are more meaningful because there's less of them. Right, and you can compare it to the NFL who only have, okay, they have a Thursday night game and they have a Monday night game, but the bulk of the games are on Sunday. Mm-hmm. My mindset every week, it's like, I can't wait for Sunday, I can't wait for football Sunday, I'm going to go out to an establishment, go out to a restaurant because you, you're you not getting, you know, with with basketball, it's like there's Monday games, Tuesday games, Wednesday games, Friday night games, mm-hmm. maybe Saturday games. I don't really know. You're just getting so much fed to you. Like it doesn't mean as much. I I care about an NFL game more because obviously they mean a lot. Yeah. San Francisco, Green Bay means a lot. I'm I'm pumped for that. And it, you only get it on certain days. You know, you're not you're not getting it too much. You know, you're not getting over saturated with with the games. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is interesting because my daughter lives out in Los Angeles, so I go out there a lot, and and it's way different. If if you haven't been out to the West Coast and and try to tune into sports, I mean, it was really weird at being four thirty in the afternoon, and there's you know a, a basketball game going on. I had to really get used to that. But I feel like that is better to have you know because at least people can get get home from work around 5 o'clock, and they can still catch the second half, possibly. You're still getting that audience. But like you said, on the on the East Coast, people are going to sleep. You know, so it, it's tough. I mean, obviously it's tough. You don't want to cater too much to the, the eastern part of the United States. But 
I mean, I feel like that's what you got to do. It, it just doesn't make sense. Who is the biggest ratings grabber as far as players go in the Eastern time zone? Milwaukee's Central time, and even so, Giannis would be the easiest answer, but Milwaukee itself is not a ratings grabber. Mm-hmm. So then out on the East Coast, who is the biggest hi- highlight guy? I mean, the can't-miss basketball mm-hmm. player out there. I don't know yeah, who it I, is. I, I would say Kevin Durant, obviously, if he when was playing. Back. But yeah. he's not playing. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving's another guy who, you know, some he might rub some people the wrong way. But yeah. I, you know, I want to tune in and see what the guy does. He's great. Is Joe M. L. M. B. That guy? Could you know, be. he has a he has kind of a personality. People want to see what he's doing. He has antics. But you really just think about it. You know, Miami doesn't really have anybody. I don't know, man. Indy is just one of those teams that you know they just have a lot of solid players. It's tough. I, I can't really think of it. D- Detroit, you know, Blake Griffin's kind of lost mm-hmm. on Detroit. He Trey was a young. superstar, you know what I mean? He was a, Trey Young's coming up. He's he's a guy that, you know, he's a younger guy. The New York Knicks, one of the bigger markets <laughs> in the Eastern Conference, are irrelevant. Bobby Portis. You know, it, bo- like, are you kidding me? You know, so it's it's tough. It's tough, man. You, honestly, the Eastern Conference, is, it's kind of bland to me. Um, the Celtics obviously are playing really good. But other than that, it's just it's whatever. I'm 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 worried about L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see the L.A. teams. Luka Doncic he, from the Dallas Mavs is a there guy. He's on the West Coast. He's must see TV mm-hmm. just because he does crazy things. Well, James Harden's in that same time zone. James Harden, Russ Russ Westbrook, yep. like you mentioned, Paul George is out there now. Um, he's been out there for a while. It's tough, man. It's all it's heavy Western Conference. It's crazy. Here's your stat of the day because we're talking about who is the most watch uh, the must watch player out on the East Coast. Who is box office? Well, there was a box office moment last night. Ben Simmons made his first career NBA 3. He lined up for it in the corner, shaking his head. What? I, I just can't believe it took him so long. I know it did. It took him like over three years to make one. Like that's, He's a point guard. It's insane. I mean, I've seen videos, and I feel like they haven't been that recent of him online like nailing ten straight threes. Like he can shoot it, it's just was he couldn't hit it in the game. But I just can't believe it took him this long. At some point, you got to luck out in just in garbage <laughs> time or something. Like in in my head, if I was Ben Simmons, I'd be like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes for up. I'm telling my teammates to look for me. I'm trying to shoot a three. I don't care. I just can't believe it took him this many years with all the, those games to hit a three. It was insane. The last time that he hit a three-pointer in a regulation game was 2016 when he was a member of the Louisiana State University Tigers basketball team. He had one in the preseason against a Chinese team over in China this year. That didn't count. But he got one last night, and this is your stat of the day. With Ben Simmons made three, the last four top overall picks in the NBA have made a combined 11 three-pointers. How about that? That's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> Talk about swinging and missing on your yeah. top overall pick. Especially in, in, in an NBA where, you know, three-pointers mean so much. Mm-hmm. It's just insane. Obviously, Ben Simmons, his skill set brings a lot in other areas, whether it be passing, rebounding, um, just playmaking in general. He can get to the rim when he wants. Right. But, um, you know, that's obviously a main issue why his three-point shot is so bad. But, um, you know, he has the stroke. People see him shooting online. He has a good shot. Yeah. He just needs to be more consistent with it. The last four overall picks have a combined 11 that's, three-pointers. That's DeAndre Ayton in that group, Markel Fultz. We haven't really seen Zion yet, so 
You can't really count that Zion, one. Zion will knock down some threes. Zion will uh, get a goal. Fultz, just a weird oh, player. Man. Yeah, I, I was high on Fultz. I thought I thought it, it was a good pick. Him at number one, obviously. I don't really, still don't really understand what happened to him. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Aiton, he's been lost. In, you talk Blake being lost in Detroit. Aiton's kind of been lost there in, in uh, <laughs> Phoenix. Even though Phoenix is, they're on the upward trend. Mm-hmm. Let's take it the last time out. When we come back, Major League Baseball is kind of an outlier when it comes to postseason awards. So Jeff Passan here at ESPN made up for it. That's next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any of our show today, get caught up with the Sports Pen podcast on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple Live Store, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com and check it out there. I swear, Jake, the conversations we have during the break sometimes are better than what we have on air. We just realized Thanksgiving is one week from today. And I know I say it a lot, but I don't think I've ever experienced a month of my life go faster than November has this year. Yeah, I actually, it was funny because my mom called me on the phone and was like, oh, you know, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? This was like last Monday. And I, I, I just don't pay attention to what day we're on or anything you know <laughs> days are melting into each other and i thought it was actually last thursday i was like is it, is it seriously that time mm-hmm. but i agree with you man I, it doesn't feel like we should be at thanksgiving it, it does just seem like I've, you know october kind of flew by for me and obviously you blink in november is, is going by but like i said man time is flying super fast and i'm at that age right now like i'm i, I just turned 30 this year where i didn't even think i would make it this far so now i'm like just like realizing just how fast time is flying (laughs) and like i was like man it feels like i just turned 21 i'm now 30 like i'm gonna blink again and i'll be 40 like i'm freaking out man time's really flying pretty fast but um yeah i mean this this month has flown by we're gonna be in december basketball season high school basketball season is what to be starting up and things so yeah it's, it's crazy we are a month away from christmas week as crazy as that is you doing anything for thanksgiving I mean, I'm probably just going to hang out, just hang out. Uh, I normally work on Thanksgiving hmm. at Local 3. You know, I cover the basketball stuff, the NBA stuff that's going on. So I'll just kind of be hanging out with a few family members and just, I mean, just relaxing, man. I'll probably eat a little bit. Like I said, I've been in the gym, so I'm kind of like questioning, should I take a cheat day there? I might have Oh, to. you have to. It's I Thanksgiving. Are you a ham or turkey guy at Thanksgiving? It depends, man. Yeah. It depends, like... I don't want to say, like, it depends who's cooking it, honestly, because mm-hmm. turkey, you can dry it out pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and if that's the case, I'm going to go ham, um, but I, I kind of enjoy ham a little more, I think. I think so. We had that conversation during the break, and by the way, that's the right answer. I'm a ham guy all the time, I think. I'm more of like a, so you always have, like, dinner rolls, mm-hmm. so I like to take the piece of ham and put it between the dinner roll and eat it like a sandwich. That's yeah, kind of like what absolutely. I go for. So we had that conversation during the break. We also talked about country music because Jake asked me if I'm a fan of country music. And, you know, I am. I I like some country songs. I mean, it's not the only thing I listen to, but it is, you know, something that I like. And I think maybe today I found out I like doing something else related to country music because when I woke up today, I spent more time than I care to admit looking up country music stars mugshots because (laughs) it was from a news article I saw. I woke up, I checked Facebook. And I see that Sam Hunt has been arrested in Nashville. He was arrested late last night in Nashville for a DUI with a blood alcohol content of twice the legal limit. Did you know he used to be a quarterback? He used to be a quarterback. He had an NFL tryout with the Chiefs. 
decided to go pursue music instead, and that was the right choice. Yeah. And he put out some bangers until 2017. Then he got married, and then we haven't really heard a lot from him, so I guess. But Standard. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, kind of. Listen. I, I probably heard Sam Hunt's music before. I can't I can't even name it. You don't song. know Sam Hunt's song? I don't I've like I said, I've probably heard his music. If if it played, I'd probably be like, Oh, I've heard this before. House party, body like a back row. I, I need I need a little you need to sing it a little bit to me. Um <laughs> I don't have the voice to sing today. <laughs> that's true, I don't want you to, to waste your voice, uh, the little voice you have. Um but I I mean that's that's pretty insane to be able to get to that level in sports in football to have a tryout with a professional team. And then, you know, move on to something completely different and be able to excel. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you got to give him props for for that, but no props for what happened to yeah, him. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not bringing that up, you know, as something to condemn him for because we all make mistakes. That's mm-hmm. not the point of this. The point is, I don't know why I spent so much time looking at country music's mugshots. Surprise mug shots. Uh, it surprised me how good of a mugshot Billy Currington took. Oh, yeah? Billy Currington ages really well. And his mugshot looked pretty darn good. And Randy Travis had two mugshots. One of them looked pretty good. The other, he looked like, because he crashed his car, he was kind of banged up. So I get that. But they had like this article, like, Sam Hunt got arrested last night. Look what other country music stars got arrested. And I'm just like scrolling through all these mugshots. I'm like, wow, why am I doing this? Why yeah, am I spending all this time You know what's crazy for this? Sam Hunt? Now he's on that list. So mm-hmm. now anytime a fellow artist, uh, country music artist, you know, messes up, they're going to be like, hey, check out the most recent country stars who messed up. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone makes mistakes, yeah. like you said. I hope that you doesn't gotta, You got to learn gotta learn from it, though. It doesn't define him. He'll learn from that, and still a fan of him. I tell you what, we got some baseball to talk about, and a breaking, uh, can we call it a passing bomb, a Jeff passing bomb earlier today, breaking everyone's news. Everyone's got bombs now. Everyone's got bombs. So, uh, and someone, someone's got to switch it up a little bit. Jeff pa- okay, a passing nuke. We have a Jeff passing nuke. They should call it a wave. A wave? Passing wave. Hey, that's a good one. Okay, passing <laughs> wave. Yasmani Grandal, he's heading to Chicago. He just signed a four-year, uh, $73 million deal with the Chicago White Sox. That is the biggest contract in the history of the White Sox franchise. Mm-hmm. They love catchers who can rake. They like those guys. They can get behind the plate, and they hit above average. And Grandal, I mean, Brewers fans know that all too well. He can really rake the ball, mm-hmm. and that's you know, I'm a Twins fan. I'm a fan of a rival team in that division. I hate that. I hate that Grandal is coming to the AL Central. The Twins have to face him 19 times a year. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a solid player. Obviously, going to bring a lot to to that team that that needs some some juice. Uh, yeah, like you said, anytime a, a player is versatile and can do multiple things, I mean, you got to be able to do. You know, so with anything you do, any job, you want to be versatile. You want to have your hand in a. a uh, several things just so you kind of raise your value and he's been able to do that so jeff passan who's one of the premier mlb insiders here at espn he tweeted this earlier today the nfl has an all pro team the nba has an all nba team these come out at the end of the year position by position who are the best players there major league baseball doesn't quite have that you've got your gold glove winners you've got your silver sluggers you know you go position by position you separate it by league american league national league and the closest simile would be the midseason all-star team. So what Jeff Passan did is he did a poll himself. He went amongst the baseball writers here at ESPN. I'm talking about the national company, the mothership. And he did a poll, position by position, what would an all-MLB team look like from this past season, from 2019? Who would be on that team? And this is 
uh, courtesy of several writers, some of the best writers at ESPN that study Major League Baseball. This is who they voted for, what their lineup would look like. At catcher, J.T. Realmuto from Philadelphia. First base, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, just one rookie of the year and home run champion from the Mets. Ozzie Albies from the Braves is the second baseman. Marcus Simeon at shortstop. He was third in the AL MVP voting this year. I remember 2015, he was the worst defensive shortstop in baseball in this series, like a gold glove candidate. Third base, Alex Bregman, not a big surprise. Outfield, Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, none of those are big surprises. Utility, DJ LeMayhew, and then designated hitter, Nelson Cruz. I'm okay with that list. I like that list. I think it sounds good to me. I wish that they would do something like this and make it official. I know that I'm glad ESPN did it with our baseball writers, but I wish Major League Baseball would do something like that. You know, combine the two leagues and just do an all pro and all MLB team. I mean, it it just it kind of it's crazy that they don't have that mm-hmm. in my eyes. Um, you know, obviously it's something for fans to kind of keep an eye out for. Um, it, it kind of implements a, a voting system, gets people talking about the game a lot more. Um, you know, you can get these these all these Pro Bowl lists, and and national media can talk about them for days. It's just another angle and things like that. So it is kind of surprising. I do like that list. I think all those people are deserving. Obviously, those are some pretty big names. Um, so it is kind of crazy that they don't do that. I just think it it kind of makes it gives momentum or incentive for the players to do a little bit more and and try to you know obviously make those types of lists and and pe- players want to know that they're the best of the best and it's just another way to kind of put them on that stage. Here's the pitching staff that was voted upon: the starters Garrett Cole, Jacob Degrom, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, and Steven Strasburg. Could you imagine that starting rotation: Cole, Degrom, Verlander, Scherzer, and Scary. Strasburg. Wow. And then the relievers, Kirby Yates, Liam Hendricks, Josh Hader, Aroldis Chapman, and Taylor Rogers, who was kind of surprised, pleasantly surprised to see was on that list. Taylor Rogers of the Minnesota Twins. Another good th- reason to have those lists because you could have guys like that, you know, who kind of c- come out of nowhere and mm-hmm. things like that. You have those stories, um, guys that just kind of come out of out of left field and, and get on those lists and are in, in the – kind of realm of some very good future Hall of Fame players, you know, obviously all-stars and things like that. It's pretty crazy. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. With that, we're just about out of time as we approach the 5 o'clock hour. Just enough voice. I made it through. So (laughs) appreciate you sticking with me. Appreciate you being here, Jake. you got a busy weekend coming up here at Local 3. What do you have going on? Yeah, um, tune in to Local 3 tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to be live from the Superior Dome. I'll, you know, Kind of fill you in on everything you need to know um, for the game between Iron Mountain and, and Pawama Westphalia. Um, obviously, some recent history between those teams. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a, a motivational game for Iron Mountain. Um, I'm going to be working at the eight-player uh, state finals games this weekend. Obviously, we got the Green Bay game. Um, NMU and Tech are playing in hockey. It's just a great time. Um, very busy weekend for me, but you know I can't complain, man. I, honestly, like I'm very lucky to be in the position I'm in. You know, some days when are more stressful than others, but I always gotta like. Take, it's, it's important to take kind of take a step back and be like, I'm actually very lucky to be in this position to where I can just go and and cover sports and do something I love. And um, you know, I'm I'm not complaining. You know, I, and I'm the, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm the same way. You know, I love what I do and I love where I am, being here, what have you. Some days, do I wish I could have a little more of a break? Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But when I get feelings like that, I remind myself, this is what you prayed for. This is the job you prayed mm-hmm. for. It's been blessed unto you, and you've got it. Be thankful that that helps. And I am thankful for it. So 
Man, I tell you what, we've got this weekend coming up. It's going to be a busy one for both you and I. And then we got Thanksgiving weekend, all that and more coming up over the course of the next few months. That is it for us here in the Sports Pen. I'm back on tomorrow, same time and place, 4 Eastern, 3 Central. For Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoop signing off from ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.